This is episode 92 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. But I see this tweet and Steven's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I've tripled my accounts. And I'm like, awesome, man. This is so cool. And then we, we go to record today. And you tell me you blew it up. Blow it up. And Steven Johnson. I'd imagine a lot more people will get it faster than me because they'll not have the destructive alcoholic tendencies that I have. Today we wrap up our first ever paper trading challenge competition. We announce our winner, the person who gets one year of Stocks to Trade Pro for free. Now that's personal mentoring from Tim Bowen himself. A pretty amazing prize, right? Plus, each of our six contestants also got six months free Stocks to Trade usage. So it's a pretty good thing, right? And in the course of today's episode, we will also see some trades from Chris DJ Dini. One, two, three, four, probably about a 6.45 average. And then sit through another excellent lesson from our very own Steven Johnson. No, but I think you can do it. You totally can trade. Like, you know all this stuff, but I think you're also an amazing teacher. So, God, you, God you, bless you. God bless both you. Both sides, buddy. And today, this amazing and incredibly spiritual teacher teaches Liz a new pattern. It's one of the most common patterns you'll ever see, and you can play both long and short. Ooh, okay. And similar to the Captain Crab strategy, it's going to be pretty mind-blowing. Wow, I'm ready. And and it's particularly topical because it is the biggest runner we've had this year to date. Okay. And this pattern is called the Penny Stocking Framework Pattern. And you get to learn it today, too. We also have another survey for you to fill out if you would like to see another paper trading challenge, and especially if you would like to be considered as a contestant if we do do another paper trading challenge, Go to our website, SteadyTrade.com, find this episode, episode 92, and fill out the simple survey. We'll also put a link to that simple survey in the notes on our YouTube channel, which you should totally subscribe to, by the way. That's a big episode today, a lot of great information, so let's get right to it. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Got a bunch of stuff to go over today. Um, we're excited. We're going to be reviewing some of the finalists of the paper trade competition. So we're wrapping up, kind of moving through the paper trading competition. And to me, the coolest thing, the most exciting thing is, you know, whoever wins, I was just actually joking with the producer about participation trophies. And now I go into, it's not about winning, but the point is, as I joke about participation trophies, um, the greatest thing is we got email from Liz and DJ and they both went on and on and on about how they felt they really grew and evolved and got better as traders. And that's pretty cool. No, but I mean, in, in, in total honesty, I mean, that, that was a really uh, good dad joke. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Ooh, nice comeback. Nice comeback. You, that was you, a really good you, dad joke. Touche, you, you, you win this, you win this one, my friend. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, nah, but I mean, if, if, if we're both going to talk about personal growth and, and not of ourselves, but if the people that we mentored, uh, Liz went from, and I don't want to reiterate because we've gone over and over, but like any great aspirational woman, she just came out of nowhere, came behind the, 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 the woodworks and turned out to be an absolute rise and start and i know that's cliche to say in any competition but my heart goes out of here for absolutely not only learning the fundamentals the key indicators uh the the right opportunities to buy and sell but uh she's mastered them and then she's gone and here to commentate them publicly 
And the next test is to, to see if she can handle the, the gambling instinct that everyone has, which is the second phase of learning. Yeah. And the, the neat thing is kind of the difference between, you know, Liz and, and DJ. I, you know, I think Liz started out and I, I'm sure she would probably confirm this a little bit more of a newbie yeah. than DJ. DJ had a lot more experience, but you know, he had gone from kind of all over the place to really getting structured, really being detailed and really focusing on just a handful of setups. And then he was like, wow, this is how you get over that hump. You know, he had random results in the past. Now he got more discipline, more kind of dialed in, and then his results played out. Now, like you said, next step is let's see what happens when the rubber meets the road with real trading, and we'll see. So, Yeah, and, and I mean, if, if we ever go to like David Goggins, I know you, you try and send me David Goggins when I say I'm going to quit all the time, and, and whatever the other motivators that you've got, it, it's like, Ultimately, it is like what lights a fire behind your ass or as what The Rock says, what puts your back against the wall or as Conor McGregor says, how, what makes you approach every day as an absolute beginner? Because if you approach every day as a beginner, you're always interested to learn more in the next thing. But how, what gives you that drive? And, and I think for the contestants, this competition was that drive. And, and that was the lesson, and that's how they progressed and learned and developed so much. And that's questionably how they'll go on to become full-time traders. But how do we give the audience that relentless drive? What lights a fire up their ass? You know what I mean? Uh, man, that that's that's you know, I mean, you you talk about and, I, and hey, I'm as guilty as charged as any, or as guilty as anybody of you know watching nonstop motivational videos on YouTube by the rock or David Goggins. You know, I've got I your videos. I just watch I, your videos. You, you are the motivator for me. I've got, I've got over, over there. I don't, I don't think it's in the camera. I've got a, a 16 foot bookshelf of motivational and self-help books, you know, and, and I think there's value in those, but uh, at, at some point, you know, it's, it's just, I think you got to quit watching the videos and quit watching the, the, uh, uh, or reading the books and, and find, find that passion. And, and the cool thing I think is with, with this competition, I think DJ and Liz hopefully have found that and, and will, and they'll become, you know, now as we end this competition, real traders for sure. So, but, but I mean, I just want to touch on this and I, and I know that we might not find an answer and, and it almost brings us to tears when I think about it. And that's cause I'm an, maybe an emotional guy, but I'm like, Fat people want to be skinny. People who are broke want to have money. People who are not good at a skill like trading want to be good at trading. Yet, even though they have this desire to want to improve and be and be better, they can't pursue that enthusiasm and ambition for a prolonged period of time. So what what is that intangible drive that people are missing? Because it's the key to life and success. And how do they get it? How do they harness that fire? Whew. It's a deep question, Tim, and I'm sorry to put it on you. I, I, I thought I thought you were the one that went to Thailand and 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 found enlightenment. Maybe perhaps you should tell me. But but I mean, well, I can tell you. I mean, if we want to go down it, I mean, for me, and and you can tell your story. I'll tell mine. We'll do it in two minutes, so it's really quick. But for me, um, I mean, I, I, and I, I don't have the same desires I once have, I, and I, but I've, but I've come a long way and I'm super proud of it. And, and it's a journey I would never, ever in a million years take back. And it's, we've, we've been on stage together at the conferences. We've done amazing things with the podcast. It's, it's mind blown in hindsight. 
but but the question is what fueled the initial drive and it, and for me it was um i just i just hit a wall of being absolute sick of going out sick of partying sick of repeating myself sick of being the same as everyone else and that happened that frustration occurred so many times over such a long period of time that i like i cracked into a period of i wouldn't call it depression because if you're depressed maybe you can't get out of bed and i hate using that word because I, I I don't think I'd be like other people are who are like that. But I got so frustrated that I had that fire underneath me that I was like, I'm going a hundred miles an hour to get out of the circumstances that I'm in. And my circumstances weren't that bad, but I wasn't happy with them prolonged for a period of time. And that added up and added up and added up. And then I just flew hundred miles an hour thinking I am going to do, I'm going to be better than everyone. And in some circumstances I was because I got on the podcast, got on the YouTube, went to the conferences and in some, in some other areas I wasn't, but, but ultimately you succeed where you do and you fail where you do and where you fail, you keep on trying. And when you succeed, you keep on going. But, but that, that, that's my story. Just a, a relentless, relentless fire inside my belly. Uh, and, and I, it, it wouldn't die. But I mean, but what about you? What, what you, did you have a burning desire or what was, what was this? You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I, I always hate that, you know, the whole kind of follow your passion thing, because I think that's dumb. I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, people take, people take a hobby that they truly enjoy, you know, whether it be, you know, cooking and then they open up a restaurant and then they hate this restaurant that they own. You know, <laughs> actually, I mean, I kind of did that with my business. I mean, I was always the, uh, you know, growing up, I was the computer guy. You know, I was always knew how to work with technology. I took that hobby, turned it into a business and it served me well. But at the same time, I, I the reason I sold the business was I, I'd gotten bored. You know, oh, yeah, the died. business but is that, still that there today. It's still doing well. But I took a hobby, a passion, turned it into a business, and then I more or less got burned out. Where with trading, you know, to me, I look at it like it's, you know, and I know this is corny and I get called a meathead and all this stuff, but it's like, <laughs> like your, it's like your fitness, you know, it's like you're, you're never done. You know, I think that is one of the biggest things that attracts me to, to trading. And the reason I, I've, I've never given up just, you know, just, and, and your perseverance has been incredible is it's just, you're never done. There, there is no goal. I mean, yeah, the money is, is the scorecard, but there's always something new. There's always that grind and you always have to get better and, and you're never done. And, and I think that is why it's so attractive to me. It's, it's just like, you know, I, I look at, you know, actually in the news today, I could do a, a this weekend steady trade. I mean, Mick Jagger is 75 years old. He's getting a heart replacement and they're like, dude's going to be perfectly fine. He'll probably be touring in a month. Why? Because he stayed on top of his fitness, you know, because he wants to be the best performer out there. And I know this is kind of a long, you know, trying to draw this back together. But the point is by Mick never being done as a performer, you know, and, and, and staying in shape so that he could give back to the, to his fans, he's 75 years old, getting a heart valve replacement, and he's going to be right back at it, you know, and that's the way I look at, at fitness and, and trading, you know, it's like, you're never done. There's always a new challenge. You know, there's always another show for Mick. There's always another record. And I think that's why he's 75 and still touring the world because he knows that he's never done as well. Now, and, and, and Tim, like if that was just a, a random or a final point, then, 
then I would say that's the end of the conversation, but it's not. I think what you're touching on there is particularly true and poignant. And, and the way I see what you're saying is, before we get into this clip, the way I see what you're saying is Mick Jagger and you and I, for us, it's not a goal, but it's, we're not living on goals. We're living on values. So it's not a goal to say, I'm going to make this money. It's not a goal to say, I'm going to make a million bucks. We'll have a value where it's more saying like, I just love the stock market and I'm, and I'm going to be part of its evolution. Uh, I'm just very interested well, in finance and I, and I want to be part of it. And, and, and if, if that's a longer term value, then you're just intrinsic, intrinsically linked to it for, for however long you are. But again, for us, for you, it's instinctual. I think you had it from birth. For me, it's just a longer term value just to, to prove myself that I'll always be able to do something or I'll always be relentless at it. But for many people, a goal to make, I want to make 10 grand. I want to be rich. I want to, I want to just buy a house. They are goals and you will be unhappy when you make them. If you've got a longer term value, then it will provide a more longer term happiness. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of different, different words, same different terms. Jagger, but, same but, but, but no, I, I'm, I'm about to compliment you on, on, on what you're saying there. It's a, another guy I greatly respect is Scott Adams. Um, he's a very interesting thinker. He's, he's the writer of Dilbert, Dilbert the cartoon, but he's a very, very smart guy. And I just started one of his books and I'm only yeah, a third of the way into it. And his biggest thing he talks about is systems versus goals. And yep. it basically you insert systems for what you said values. And he was yep. talking about exactly the same thing. You know, he doesn't think about goals. He thinks yep. about systems. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, I think it's one-on-one psychology. And, and if you just tr- strive to achieve for a goal, you're, you're ultimately always going to be disappointed, which I'm sure is what Scott Adam says in the book. But if you, if you create a system, then the system will always run. It will not fail. And it's the same as having a value. If you have a value to be someone who always entertains people, like we have a value on the podcast. So if you have a value to always be learning, always be getting to the next level, always be ahead of the game, then that's a lot different than having a goal that you just achieve or, or a system. So, and very interesting, two different philosophies, different words for the same psychology, but. Well said. So now that we kind of wrapped up that, that introduction, a lot of psychology, a lot of good stuff there. Um, now we're going to bring in the producer and we're going to go over who won the paper trading competition. All right, guys. Are you ready? Who, who do you think won? Well, my, my team won. Uh, that, that's why if I have to guess, then I'm going to go with that. Steven's, Steven's oh, yeah. face looks a little concerned. I think, I think that. Liz was the front runner, and then I think that DJ is a smart guy, and he is savvy, and he caught on to what Liz was doing to win, and then his natural <laughs> all right went on to shine through. So, so, so let's just do a quick refresher of what the rules were for the final month going into the final month. So, in in February, um, you know, there were, when there were three contestants, there was Jude and Liz, and there was Chris, and we told them that whatever profit they made on the month of February would be what they started March with. And yeah. Liz took that and said, okay, I'm going to do all this. Uh, what, what was she doing? She was uh, scalping. She was basically scalping the bid in the ass. Right. Yeah. 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 So she, so she made a profit in this, this paper money, this imaginary money. Uh, she started March with over $700,000 in her trading account. And so, you know, DJ went, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm going to do that too then. 
So in February, DJ ended his account with 1.6 million. So DJ started trading in March with 1.6 million. Liz started with 700,000 in the, the paper trading money. And so what we said was, all right, you've got 25 trades because we wanted to, to cut off on the, uh, the scalping. So you've right. got 25, you're limited to 25 trades and we're going to have a, a few different measurements. We're going to say, what's your winning percentage out of those 25 uh, trades? And we're going to give you, you know, uh, some, some points for that. What, what is the percentage that you grew your account? So whether you started at 1.6 million or you started at 700,000, what did you grow it to? What was your percentage? You, you'll get, get points for that um, for the total, et cetera. So, so here I want to review DJ was green on 25 of his 25% uh, of trades. So that's a hundred percent. Well done DJ. Liz only trade nine. She had 25 trades, but she only did nine. Now, I think that those nine that she did, you know, she sent us the screenshots from night and day from what she was doing before. And yep. th this is what you guys were talking about. She's going to be able and to they, And they were, you know, learn. obviously they were still paper trades, but sure. they were real. Real trades, trades yeah. Uh, you know, trades you can make in real life. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. And, and she, and she, she was green on six of those nine trades. Very good. So, Very good. so the, 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 the win on that category goes to DJ because he won a hundred percent, you know, the 25 out of 25, he grew his account, um, 77%. He started with 1.6 million. He ended with 2.8 million and in, in this paper trading fake money and Liz with her nine trades, she started with 700,000 and she made just over a million. Um, and so she, she grew her account by 49%. DJ grew his by 77%. Um, so the bottom line is Chris is the winner of the contest. So Chris gets a year of stocks at trade pro. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more from Chris and we'll be yep, really yep. looking forward to Which seeing be his cool progress. Because, you know, yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, uh, you know, again, I, I would have, I would have welcomed either of them, but it, you know, it's exciting to think about that, you know, to see his growth, to see as, as he's matured and now I'll be able to, you know, basically really work with him truly yeah. one-on-one -on -one, and, you know, in twice daily webinars in Stocks Trade Pro. So. Yeah, and we can we can see how this translates into the real world, and we'll 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 still be checking in on Liz from time to time as well because it's really important to see how her progress went. And and the other thing I want to do with this with this episode is ask the listeners if we do a second paper trading challenge, which we might. We're still deciding whether we're going to do it or not. What kind of interest is out there for you listeners uh, who would want to be involved in it? So we're going to put uh, a survey on the episode that it'll go on the YouTube channel. It'll also go on our website at steadytrade.com. Fill out the survey. If you're interested in becoming a contestant for a paper trading challenge too, if, and when we do that. Yeah, no, no, I'm just, I'd say congratulations to, to both winners. I'd, I'd say like anything that runs its first time, it, it, it has its, its strengths and its weaknesses. And, uh, I think that this was a good run. It was exciting. It was fun. I think we had very interesting contestants and I think I'm excited to move forward with it. And, and I hope we do have the participation uh, to run another one. And I, maybe hopefully we can launch it at the, the upcoming uh, conference at, at the Tim Sykes conference, which is another reason to go. If you want to kind of sign up in person, if that does come off, we'll, we'll announce it later. And, uh, and yeah, and I think we'll work with the platform, work with stocks to trade to lock down paper trading even more lock down the rules, lock down the processes and make sure it is more authentic when it comes to uh, cash trading. 
more than it already is, which is more than any other paper trading platform. <laughs> and, and more than any other podcast is doing. Hey, we are the pioneers. We are the pioneers. All right. So you guys want to jump in and, and review um, DJ's trades? Because DJ sent us some trades during the month. Uh, Steven and Liz created a plan and, and did some checkup on that. So we're going to include those clips in the remainder of this episode. Let's go to, uh, to DJ. FUV. Uh, this was another one, a little overextended gap down. Uh, same, let's see, same thing. It ran up yesterday, huge. Um, so I set my endpoints and they all hit one, two, three, four, probably about a 645 average. Covered at 588 and 605, uh, $1,995. Awesome, off and running. Yeah, I mean, that, that trade by, uh, by DJ is an absolute classic out of Tim Gratani's uh, DVD. It's the overextended gap down. The basic criteria of that is any stock that makes a dramatic day one move. And there's no specific criteria for that, but it's got to make a real significant move in comparison to like any kind of prior price action. Which, is, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not a 10% move. It's not a 15% no, move. 60, 70, exactly, 80%. Yeah. And, then, and then where I've seen Tim Grattani in the DVDs, where, or where other people can get bent, is if that gap down is like 5%, it's very easy for it to rip red to green. But what we saw in that example is that was a good kind of a 20% gap down. The volume was about a third of the volume the previous day. It really confirms that there's a real lack of interest, that it was a day one big runner with no clear fundamentals on use to continue interest. Yeah, that, that's the one point I wanted to make. Not only is the chart good for this for this short, it's a joke of a company. Um, joke of the news, the sympathy plays like Solo was the other one in their stupid three-wheel car. All of those were gapping down as well. So not only, you know, and I'll let you finish, but not only are you aligning the technicals, you're lining up the fundamentals too. So it's like it just, you know, sure you can still lose on any trade, but when you can get the technicals and the fundamentals and the sympathy plays all to line up, your odds are in your favor. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I know it, it's like mega, mega easy to hindsight trade. So, and, and so it's like, it's, I'm not going to pretend we're some smart people hindsight trading this because it's so much more difficult in real time. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> when it's but, nine, but, when it's your 30 seconds into the day and, <laughs> and you're looking at this thing jumping about. all over the place versus us reviewing yeah. it a month later, man, it's, 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 it's not the same thing. <laughs> but, but, but if you can be a robot, um, if you can do the robotic trading, like, like who, who was the guy who we had in the interview who's, who's jumped on a lot of, his, his name's just escaped this. He goes 595, 595 from Texas. Eric Russell. Oh, Eric Russell. His name should not escape me because I've known him for a few years. <laughs> but, um, but as Eric Russell said. That, that, that is a terrible Texan accent. So I had no, up. I had no Shut idea. Up. Shut up. Well done by the producer. Well done. <laughs> But um, but like like as Eric Russell says, like ro- robotic trading, when you see that the stock's gapping down, when you see that you've got a kind of a good risk level, when you see that the volume's not as high the next day, when you know that you're gonna cut on that kind of previous day high, then it's it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant short if you've got the shares and, and very, 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 very well spotted, very well traded by DJ. Uh, this was Cron. Today was overextended gap down day. 
so it was weakened to the close last night and uh it opened up significantly lower today uh so i waited for the gap down it popped up i got in short uh 2000 shares starting at 230 uh covered at 294 added in 210 covered at 296 it dropped i waited for the drop uh another 2000 shares in at 264, out at 233, and 237, uh, and we just kept going with the, uh, the shorts and, um, you know, winners all day. Uh, one thing I would say about this, you know, and, and, and obviously that, that the, the, the fade was there, um, you know, I wonder, you know, it's kind of like I see these, you know, the, 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 I'm not as, I'm not as in love with this chart as I was the FUV simply because of all these constant entries and exits, yeah. which you can do. I mean, you, you can, you can definitely do that. But, uh, you know, I, to me, when it comes to critiquing the trade, I mean, he had a solid entry and it, all it did was basically fade all day long. Why not just let it ride as opposed to trying these in and outs all day long? And that that is the one critique I would make on this one. So, yeah. And the other thing with me was like Cron is a it's a weed stock. It's a hot sector. And, and just the other thing is, uh, what I would never short. And, and he's done a great job. Don't take it away from me. But and 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 I'm saying what I'd never short when I'm sober because I'll do anything when I'm drunk. And and this is where I fall down. But and when that, I'm sober, and when he says anything, he means anything. <laughs> I mean, we we, low, have, we have many day trades after like, dark episodes that we have yet to release. He means anything, friends. He nah, means- like, but if I'm drunk, but I'm talking half of half a bottle of vodka. I feel like gambling. Got some money in the bank. Let's just feel destructive. And I've got a history of being destructive. But on a sober, more stable point of view, uh, when these stocks. Uh, slowly pop up, pop up, green day after green day after green day. It means that they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of support levels to break on the way back down, and they've got a lot of dip buying opportunities. There's a lot of places where shorts will want to kind of cover, which might create a dip buying opportunity. It, that's that's not my type of short at, at all, really. What I need is explosive volume on the way up, and explosive and explosive reach on the way down. I don't like these levels because it reminds us of I and I is your favorite stock. Sure. When when it has these gradual up uptrends, it can easily rip back and 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 have a fake out first red day, second red day. Yeah, and and you know, and and the last point before we move to the next clip is, you know, to me, just comparing the last two, FUV is a complete joke, and I know there's a lot of Cron yeah. haters out there, but Cron is, you know, they got real investment. They're a quote unquote real. NASDAQ listed company. You know, there's a big difference between them and stupid, you know, stupid three wheel, or I think FUVs is a four wheeler. It's basically like a golf cart on steroids and they call it an electric car. So, uh, you know, again, just critiquing. I like the FUV trade way more than the Cron trade. The tech tech for technical and fundamental reasons, right? Yes, correct. BPTH. Uh, this stock has a history of spiking and failing. And on Friday, it had this huge spike. And then at the end of the day, it had a crazy kind of end of the week short squeeze. Uh, but I did think maybe we'd get a drop on it today. And it opened, it opened week, popped back up. And when it popped back up, that's when I got short 200,000 shares. I got in short at 694. I covered all 200,000 shares at 624. 
a 70 cent move with 200,000 shares. Woo! It's funny to think back of BPTH at, at seven bucks, you know, and he was short, what did he say, 200,000 shares? So, so, you know, just a quick history lesson. We're going back earlier in the month here. Um, if you're listening to this now, bring up BPTH. It proceeded to go, I think, to like 14 that day and then went to like 75 a couple or maybe a roughly a week later. But I like the whole dollar, half dollar fail. The stock was up from the twos at that point. I think it did go from two to seven. But, woo! I mean, even if it's paper trading, you know, it's like shorting 200,000 shares of a low floater. I mean, it's like I'm starting to get hives even thinking about yeah, it. But, uh, I mean, I, but, but it worked. It worked. So. Yeah, but I mean, but like you said, it only works till it doesn't work. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> you got, you got 200,000 shares of BPTH on the day it goes from, you know, 14 to 75. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, and I don't want to criticize them because I make that mistake all the time, but, sure. and, but I'm pretty sure BPTH is a super low floor, right? So, yeah, that last I remember it was like six, seven hundred thousand or something like that. Yeah, so, so you couldn't even, you know, and, and that's actually, I'm glad you bring that point up. I mean, and, and this is part of one of the things we're trying to figure out for the next season of paper trading competition. I mean, it, it would be impossible for him to, to, to get 200,000 borrows on this stock, but uh, you that, could you like, know. I mean, no, you, you might not be able to, but I mean, but what I would well, say is like, Jordan, I guess if you're at one of those places, but, <laughs> but your emotions, like paper trading, fair enough, but your emotions, your emotions in the borrow phase. And I mean, for me, like if you, like if you, not that I've got a lot of money to throw away, but if you don't mind throwing away $500 or $1,000, if you don't mind losing that money on a gamble, then I'd, I'd say short that low float. Uh, but for me, shorting a low float with that high volume, I wouldn't be putting me last $1,000 on it. I'd, I'd put it that way. But but again, I, I it's a good trade. I mean, I know a lot of guys that, um, that made good money short in BPTH. I mean, obviously... There were dips along yeah. the way. I mean, it didn't yeah. go. It's not like every one minute candle was green all the way to 75. I mean, this stock, I mean, what you can see, he, he made 70 cents on that, on that right. drop. And what I like is it washed out. He took quick profits that, that, yep. I mean, if right. you were right. short this low floater, I mean, you and me both and it dropped 70 cents, you'd be covering so freaking fast because you'd be like, thank God. <laughs> okay. Com- compliments shorted. Uh, it was strength on the daily over two days, shorted real strength, which is what you meant to do. And then he shorted strength into day. So it was strong daily, strong enter day. It's due to pull back. And, 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 he, and he took that short. So, so, and, and it paid off. So yep. fair play. Risky, risky. And for the advanced trader, I would say, and you need to have killer discipline to do that with real money, but let's carry on. Exactly. <laughs> so again, you know, DJ lo- love all these trades. I mean, I, I mean, it's like there's, there's, there's things to take away. I mean, I think Stephen and I tried and did the try and did try and try and do the uh, kind of fair and balanced approach where we, where we complemented, but, but corrected at the same time. And I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited to work with DJ. I'm, I mean, again, um, loved everybody in the competition. It, it was, it was fun. It was interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll admit I, I was biased from the beginning. He was, he was randomly selected to be on my team, but going back six months ago, I was like talking to him day one and I'm like, wow, this guy, you know, he reminds me of, you know, and this is basically a reality show. It always like, I, I used to watch American Idol. I'm not afraid to admit it. My daughter liked it. My wife liked it. 
I used to watch American Idol back in the early days with Simon, you know, and stuff like wait, that. Wait, were you like chopping wood in the in, in the intervals to feel like a man for the loseness of it? But 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 you know, and, and this is a compliment to DJ because he's put in a lot of years. He's got a lot of experience, but it always kind of reminded me as like this journeyman singer that joins American Idol. And it's kind of like, well, you know, I thought this was supposed to be about the undiscovered, you know, drunken British guy living in Dubai that decides to pursue his singing career. But, uh, but it, that's a compliment at the same time because DJ's put in the work, but uh, I think back to the beginning, he's a sharp guy, had a lot of experience and excited to work with him in pro for sure. Yeah. And just the final thing that I'll, that I'll add is what, what this experience is told me, because I guess we're rounding the whole thing up. Is that there's some guys with with uh, genetics and born discipline that will run right ahead because they're naturally born to be traders, and there's other people like DJ, like Liz, like me, like you, Tim, uh, who who was part time for a number of years. Oh yeah, six seven years. Up. I was, I, was uh, you know, it's, it's, I was doing this. I mean, I I I, I certainly didn't go full time the first year. It took me six seven years. Yeah. No, and and honestly, I was, and it's just worth a shout out to to everyone on Twitter. I I wrote a tweet the other day to say I blew up account again, five hundred dollars, and and we didn't mention this. Uh, I've I set up a, a five hundred dollar account. I grew it to fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks, so I more than tripled my account uh, with me broke my small account, doing really, really, really well. Uh, and then got overconfident as always. Wait, wait, let me, stop, let me, stop, let, stop let me do the standard. Money. Let me, let me stop you. Let me do the standard <laughs> Boeing interrupt. So let me give some context before, before we wrap this up. I, I'm, I'm, so I'm driving back from Florida. The family and I, we, we drive to Florida every year so that my son can take 15 fishing poles, 15 tackle boxes, a bow, arrows, maybe some guns, maybe, maybe not. But anyway, we take all this gear to Florida to hunt and fish and everything else. So we drive and we have a fun with, fun time with it. You know, it's, it's, you know, we, we joke, we laugh, you know, so on and so forth. So, the drive down this year was great. We had a ball. Drive back took forever. Brutal. Terrible traffic, construction, everything. Took almost twice as long as it should have. But I occasionally get these, I don't know why Twitter notifies you, but sometimes it's like Joe Schmo tweets this. And, you know, it's like, Cause, okay. Because I'm dead popular come for you. Yeah, the, the algo. Like, the algo yeah. like I've got but I see this tweet, and, I, and he's like, and Steven's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I've tripled my account, really doing all the right things. And I'm like, awesome, man. This is so cool. And then I keep driving back, you know, from Florida, 20 hours. And then we <laughs> we go to record today. You tell me you blew it up. <laughs> blew it up. No, but I mean, what I mean, from my point of view, I, I was like very, very careful. I was thinking, ah, this, like, like DJ, I was like, this is a little float, but it's got very weak volume. It's a crappy sector. It's What's got a that? History- uh, RBZ was it? RBZ. RBZ. Yep, yep, yep. RBZ. And um, and then the next day I just came in loaded because I, I trade later than you guys. Not I don't drink in the morning. Was very rarely anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> came in loaded. Very, came in loaded five days a week. <laughs> walked walked into CLWT loaded, and just thought, oh, all these stocks failing, and just uh, blew, it, blew it up in a minutes. Blew it up in minutes. So um. So the, the final part of the episode is that I'd imagine a lot more people will get it faster than me because it will not have the destructive alcoholic tendencies that I have. But some get we, it straight we away. Need to land us a booze sponsor for this podcast. 
You're in maybe marketing. Be, get, us, maybe, get us a booze sponsor. <laughs> and uh, maybe and, I do. anybody out there that works at or or handles sponsorships at, at liquor companies, please you know, reach out. The saddest thing is, I'm like like most addicts, I'm not ready to give up yet. <laughs> but anyway, peace, love, thanks for everyone in the people at trading competition. Stay spiritual, stay real, stay with that orange hat Tim Bone. Keep on going to Florida, and uh, and let's hope we we'll run it next year, and we'll we'll make it a little bit better, bigger, stronger, faster, like Kanye West, and we'll we'll rock it. So yeah, we'll we'll wrap up here with a with with Liz's uh, update. This was recorded without me the other day, so Liz and Stephen are going to go over their trades. And again, thank you to everybody that was in season one of the of the paper trading competition. Thanks particularly to Liz and DJ for sticking it out and and really, I mean, a lot of work. They, I mean, recording these videos, yeah. tracking their trades. I mean, making the trades. I mean, you got to research this. You got to put in all this time and effort. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, even if you make a good trade, it's just a paper trade. I mean, they put in hours and hours and hours of work. And, and I really appreciate that. And, and as Steven mentioned, and, and the producer mentioned on YouTube, on the steady trade blog, you know, if you're listening on iTunes, head over there, let us know, you know, it could be as simple as a yes. Would you, you know, do, would you like to see another one of these? And then on top of that, would you like to participate? And now we'll roll into Stephen and Liz breaking down their trades. See what happened to me enlightenment because I'm not there. When did the shift happen? It just glowed out, just phased out over a few days. Um, so I'm not breathing that. I'm not breathing that Thai island breeze anymore. Do you know what I mean? You know what? I think you need to go back. And, and I, think I, need, like, I think I need. I know. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I've been sucked in by the corporate world. <laughs> Juice up on your spirituality. No, but I mean, and and to be fully serious, there is a there is a full sense and purpose of what why we are in this game that we call trading. It's to become financially independent. It's to make money. It's mm-hmm. to es- escape the corporate system. Yeah. And it's just to say f you to the bosses and say I am going to go on a spiritual journey and I'm going to use trading to fund it. Yeah, totally. I'm with you on that. Yeah. How Liz, you you're looking healthier and you're looking like you've got a radiant glow. When <laughs> I met you and I don't want to I don't want to replay the last episode's story, but when I first met you, when we did the challenge, your shoulders were hunched, you weren't sitting up as straight. You you just didn't seem like the strong, confident, independent woman that you are today. What's what's the change? Well, I think the biggest change recently is that I got myself an early birthday present. My birthday is April 4th, so 4-4. Isn't that weird? (laughs) But I got myself an early birthday present, which is a puppy. So me and the pup have been walking around a lot. Nice, nice. And I'm sure the listeners are very interested in Bob, but we'll just skip straight past it and we'll go on to trading. Aflac, like insurance, Aflac. Nice. If I had a dog, I would call him after an insurance company too. So how <laughs> has the, <laughs> how has the gap and crap strategy been playing out for you? Tell me, you, you tell me you're not doing that uh, shizzle anymore, the shebang where I'm you're not, in and out. I'm not doing the shebang. I'm not, I'm done with the shizzle. I'm totally looking for gap and craps and it's working really well. Honestly, I don't know what would have happened to me without your gap and crap lesson. I would have just been sitting there completely dazed. 
I mean, honestly, I haven't seen a reincarnation this big since Snoop Dogg becomes Snoop Lion. No. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Snoop Lion. Is he so what is he now? Is he back to Snoop Dogg? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> it kinda of doesn't matter. But have you played any Captain Crops? B B B T C H is I think what we're gonna go about today. Uh-huh. Uh huh. it's it's we had a lesson in the last episode where I went over a pattern with you. Mm-hmm. You got it, you understood it, you've been studying. Mm-hmm. And what I want to move to next is another pattern, and it's one of the most common patterns you'll ever see, and you can play both long and short. Ooh, okay. And similar to the Captain Crab strategy, it's going to be pretty mind-blowing. Wow, I'm ready. And and it's particularly topical because it is the biggest runner we've had this year to date. Okay. Are you? Yeah, okay. but 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 first off, did you find any Captain Crabs or? I did. I cannot remember them now. The only thing that I can remember is BPTH Supernova. That's the yeah. sharpest thing in my mind. But Do you I, know, I was I was long on that in the sevens, and it went to the seventies. Unbelievable. I saw your stuff. You know what felt really good is I watched your Instagram stories, and I was like, "Oh, love we're it. looking at the same what?" <laughs> I love that. I love that you watch me Instagram stories. I, yeah. I don't see that you see them. You can friend me it. anytime. You can friend me. I will friend you. I can friend you. I, I went through a phase of not having any friends on Instagram because I just wanted to be like, it's look cool. at me. I've got, I'm following four people on Twitter and I've got this many followers. Look how cool I am. And then I got, and then I got over myself and started thinking, I just want to learn about other people's lives. Like they learn about mine. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I really enjoy your, um, your running videos and all that other nice. shit. But anyway, I was like, Oh, we're in the same stock. This is so cool. You know? It is cool. And you went short it when I was longer. That's even cooler. Yeah, I did. A lot of people are short that. That's why it yeah. blew up so big. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to like find what trades I was in. I don't remember. Do you have a log? Does anyone have nah, a log? I, I, can, I, I can see a log. I know on day two of the month, on March 2nd, you're on RKDA. And, but more recently, you've been playing BPTH. And there was yeah. one day where you didn't trade. That was pretty impressive. But yeah, BPTH was cool because literally... Um, it was like a it was like a train was coming and I was like, I'll stand here and me standing here will make it back up. And it just went like over me. <laughs> that's that that's when you get in front of a supernova. It just like crushes you. But then I was like, I'll just like when I got off of the floor, I was like, boop, and then I started riding it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to, I've taught you the Captain Crab pattern. Now I'm going to teach you another pattern. And this pattern is called the Penny Stocking Framework pattern. Oh, Are I know that one. one. I know it no. but not well. <laughs> oh, well, guess what, Liz? You're about to know it well. Okay, so basically the Penny Stocking Framework pattern, like you've kind of indicated, it happens over and over and over and over. And it, unlike the Gap and Crap, it, it, offers opportunity on the front side and on the back side. Okay, so BPTH is a classic example. Stocks have to go supernova to be under the criteria of the penny stocking framework pattern. They have to go up and then they have to come back down. So for that, you need your typical things, explosive volume, uh, previously no volume. You can see all this annotation, right? Mm. Um, it, generally it works better if it's not really got any overhead resistance. 
or not got any overhead resistance on high volume. And this is such a classic example. We have like the kind of the one where it's not doing anything, which is one. Then we have the two when it starts lifting up, which is the two. Then we have the three when it goes absolutely parabolic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the four is when it crashes back down. And then we have the five when you get a little bounce. And then we have the six and the seven where it kind of starts hitting the floor. Oh, that's it. Just delete that. Six and seven is your favorite thing to do. Well, I mean, I would, I would argue that you can play all of these different parts and segments, but the most important thing is that you remember these numbers because this happens over and over and over and over. So I'll just, now that we know the numbers and you're, and you're familiar with this. Steven, did you get what I meant? Say it again. Six and seven is your favorite thing to do. What is it? It's just short it's, the bounce. It's the long kiss goodnight. <laughs> it is the long kiss goodnight. Yeah. I haven't kissed many girls for a while. I've started dropping me standards to kiss less attractive ones. Like, I feel like I've got better, <laughs> but like they haven't, but. But just to refresh anyone on, on BTH, I mean, if we want to, if I can just try and draw a line here, this was a classic, classic, classic low float, high volume, multi-year, 52-week high breakout. Mm-hmm. So you can fit this into the penny stock and framework pattern. You can fit this into the multi-year breakout pattern. You can just fit it into an explosive volume, low float breakout pattern. The more patterns it fits into, the better it is. And then you've also got the fact that it broke out and then all of the shorts kind of followed it down. And then I was actually long on this day thinking multi-year breakout, shorts are all trapped, low float, explosive volume. When you build that catalyst, you start thinking, and you're buying it from like this, you can buy it from this kind of tens level, which was the original breakout, which it actually bottomed. It closed, it like opened up pretty perfectly. Do you know what I mean? Dipped under and then went up. So you've got a lot of ways to play this. I mean, I was long in the tens and then we'll go into yours and we'll afterwards, but I was long in about the nines and I just cut it because it went just under my risk and then had a repel that it went up to the 72s. However, when, once you get this parabolic move up where it's just ridiculous, like you've got to break out from the, the, the kind of the fours to the eights, which is double. But when it goes from the sixteens to the seventies in one day, that's generally what's called it's, it's blew its volume out. It's overextended itself. When it goes parabolic like that in one day, that's generally the sign of the end, which is when you can start thinking, I'm going to short this back down. And I think Tim Grittani made about 80 grand on it. Wow. And then, you, and then obviously you've got the bounce, which you can play long again, but it's, it's, it's easy to look at on it. It's not as easy to look at it daily. We'll look at it more intraday now, but then you've got the bounce. And then to be honest, then you've got this resistance level here. We think, and I'm going to short it anywhere in, in, around the 38s because it's topped. Mm-hmm. It's topped here now. It's nearly topped here. If it comes anywhere near up this level again, it's a short because it's bounced. It's following the penny second framework pattern, and it's ideally going to go back down to the the eights. Yeah. Um, are you I'm... are you fully in compliance? Yeah. Do you have any other comments? Do you want to add anything, and we'll we'll go into the intraday chart and we'll look at the move in a bit more detail. I was watching this when it was making its move from like 890. I remember my entry was something like 890 and I got out in the 11s and then I jumped back in 
and I held hold, hold, it. Hold that, hold that, hold that. Okay, okay. Beth but, Lily, you little rising star. Hold it for <laughs> now because we're actually going to go into the chart. I've okay. actually got the chart saved. We're going to go into it. But the, the most important point that I want to make here, because this is not my first rodeo and it's not your first rodeo. And, and we've, we've done the chaperone. We've hung out together. It's not the first time we've chaperoned together. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is not our first rodeo looking no. at daily charts. And, you and can you just tell, will you just tell the audience what you thought about daily charts when you first started this paper trading competition? Anytime anyone tells me to do anything, I just say, what the hell are you talking to me for? I remember, I remember going to the, um, yeah, I remember going to the, um, the New York, um, like, what is it called? Um, inner circle with Tim and Tim Bowen. That's where I first met Tim Bowen. And he was talking about how stocks pull back after a breakout. And I was like, ah. <laughs> so it's same thing with daily charts. I was like, ah. What does he know? <laughs> but it's so, it's so important. I cannot, like, the first thing I do now is I look at the volume. I pick low floats. Then I look at the daily chart. I see where the hell it's going. Then I look at my time of day. Can I make this trade? Then I'm like, is it in a hot sector? Yes. So now what do I think it's going to do? And then I calculate based on the size of my account, you know, how, how, um, how, like, uh, what's the word? How much conviction do I have that this is the right move? And that's how I decide my position. So it's all trader checklist in here. Nice. <laughs> no, perfect. And, and it's, 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 it's weird because I mean, one, you, you have, you had the same problem that I had. And I, I don't want to say it's arrogance. Maybe it was arrogance with me, but I was like, I somehow thought in my head, all these professionals, yeah. Like they kind of know what they're doing, but I'm going to make even more money than them. So I'm just not going to listen to what they say because I think my way is probably better. Same. Absolutely. Did you have the same thing? Yeah. Same thing. It's, it's a problem, <laughs> but you know yeah. what? Like, I'm sure it's the same problem that like Steve Jobs had or, um, who's the guy from Microsoft? <laughs> What's his name? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Thank you. You know, like all these like big people, like they're, they're so headstrong and that like makes them just believe that they can do it. And you really need to keep that belief, but then reality just smacks you and you're like, okay, I'll listen, <laughs> you know? No, no. It's like, like I would literally think, uh, Tim Bourne, you're a profitable trader, but you're not a multimillionaire. So why should I listen to you? Why don't I just do what I think's right? The man and then I get smacked in the face and lose loads of money. He can build a sauna though, so he knows something. No, like he likes to sweat. He likes <laughs> to sweat. He, he used to sweat when he shorted, shorted stocks in a bullish market, and then he learned not to do that. So now he's found a new way to sweat. <laughs> but yeah, but you, but you eventually accepted how important the daily and how how important would you say the daily chart is now? You have to look at it. There's no excuse. It is going to give you the best indication of what your intraday chart should look like. And before I would be like, what is this guy talking about? I have to focus on intraday. I'm not going to look at this other stuff, but it's the other stuff that helps you in the intraday know what your levels are. So you live and you learn. <laughs> yeah, you live and you learn and you get stubborn. And, and, and honestly, so yeah. many people listen to this podcast and think, he's not making money. She's paper trading. I'm not listening to them. I'm not listening to them. 
And in a year's time, they'll think, I wish I, I might go back to that podcast and listen, because they're actually we're further along the learning curve than I am. But arrogance, arrogance and self-belief and, and not understanding and, and just thinking that you're right is a, is a clinical, critical flaw in many new traders' psychology. Yeah, it's part of the new trader psychology where you think like you're going to sit down and you're going to make money. I've been there like, and then you lose a ton and you're just like, why isn't the belief in my head matching my reality? And then you're like, oh, this actually takes five years for some people to learn. So I better sit down and start studying and stop, you know, thinking that I can just like, press a button and become a millionaire. It's not going to happen. That, that, that was the biggest thing for me. Like, Oh, I need to really study. And the reason why, and like before it was like, Oh, if I'm not profitable, it's like, well, you're not studying that much. So start studying, like sit the fuck yeah. down. Start studying. And it's also like, if I watch enough Tim Sykes videos getting pumped up and inspiring us to think that I'm the next big thing, I don't yeah. even need to study because I'm so pumped up that I know I can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then I sit in front of the market and think, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's some sort of arrogance complex or it's some sort of over-inspired complex or it's just some sort of, I've ridden through life and got by okay, so I'll get through this okay as well. But the market doesn't let anyone get through it okay. Yeah, I think you have to have some type of inner belief um, that you can be successful, but you also have to yeah. match it with a lot of hard work, you know, cause you're not going to see the results that you want if you don't do the hard work of studying. Okay. So we know the daily chart on BPTH. This was, so it basically popped up, pulled back. We've just talked about it. Shorts were a bit lured in, low float, high volume. It's a multi-year breakout again. When we get this pre-market push here, this is the multi-year breakout. It's roughly a multi-year breakout around around this kind of sevens level. Mm. Um, so just talk me through what, what where you are buying roughly here. Because I, I can tell you now, I bought pre-market here and I and I got stopped out when this when it went just cutting losses tightly, I stopped out here and I stopped out in the sevens and I was planning on holding it all day and it ripped to the fourteens. So I just missed out. So how did you play this? I cut, I took profits on this, but I cut it just too tight. Mm -hmm. I, um, I think my entry was like, was it 825 or 890? Like I just saw that it didn't like, it didn't have the same, like enough volume to it. I was just like, this is just I would say it don't have enough volume. Like, I'm going to correct you there and say yeah. when the stock trades nearly a million shares in the first minute, mm -hmm. that's monumentally huge volume. Okay. Compared First minute, to, it was nearly a million shares. Compared to that's, what it did before, though. You know, because it ran from two to eight. So I was like, it's super overextended. It's probably just crapping now. Ah, uh, but that's that's the thing. This is this is the thing that me and Tim Bone spoke about in just the last podcast that will air soon. It does, don't think that stocks are up too much ever. This this yeah. was the last lesson of the last podcast. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much it's up. Like, like if BPTH has gone from if it went from it's it's if it went from two to six and then six to eighty, then you have got that number three that parabolic move. But never think if it never think it's up too much. If it's gone up one or two days and then and then it consolidates a day or it dips a day and then it pops back up to eight, 
it's consolidated a few days and it's going to make another leg up. It's got that stair step up. Stocks don't ever think stocks are up too much. This is, this is why shorts get the asses lit on fire like the Tesla rocket to Mars. This is, this is a, a classic example of newbie trader psychology, not watching price action and imposing your own psychology onto the market and then rips your face off, you know, because I was like, it's overextended. It'll come back down. And it was like, no. So yeah. I was in from like eight something to 11. And one thought that I where had. Where did you buy exactly though? I want some detail off here. Roughly whereabouts were you buying? What time of day? We've just mentioned time of day, how important it is. Where, yeah. would, where would you be buying this? Cause I was pre-market and I got faked out. So my, my entry, although I took profits, wasn't as good as it could be. So where was yours? Hold on. I'm looking back to see. I think I've got, I think I've got yours as well. I've got it on email. Let's have a look. Okay. Here we go. So you know what else I was doing? I was, um, I was adding to my short. I was adding to a loser. Oh, you weren't short on this, were you? I was. This Oof. is called, this is called stepping in front of a supernova short. So I had 10K at 8.45, then I added 10K at 8.57. So right around like those red candles. <laughs> and then, then it you're started. Talk, you're talking about, about around here, right? Yeah, and then it started ramping. And is, I, I yeah. added, I added again 10K at 10.24. And I added another. Oh my God. Yeah. When it started coming back down at 10.19. So my average was 40K shares at 11.24. And I said to myself, let me hold it because it'll just go back down tomorrow. Look, look at what happened. Look at what happened. 70. <laughs> you just can't think uh, like that. But Liz, this is how people blow up. I mean, every sign, every sign is bullish on this. It's super high volume, low float. It's proven that it can run before. Then it's consolidated for a couple of days. Now it's another multi-year breakout on this first green day. Then it's just broke its pre-market highs and, and held the break of the pre-market highs, trading a million in the first minute. Every, I would bet my life on this going parabolic. I'd bet me life on it. But because, you know, and, and I did, and I, but I got, I got stopped out here for small profits. Oh, I was diehard long here. Wow. But like I said, it's, it's a trader psychology that you have to get over of imposing your beliefs on price action that is like going the other way. So what I said to myself is, you know what? Let me, I was down $70,000, right? And I said to myself, that's a house in some places in America. And I said to myself, let me just cut this. Why, why am I, why am I trying to stop a supernova train? Let me just ride it a little bit. So I went long 40,000 shares and it went all the way up to 14. Yeah, it went to 14, but I cut it at, I think 12 or so, 12 and a half or what did I do? I went 40K shares long at, so I got out at 1124 and I get back in at 1125, 40K and I got out at 1258. So I made back $50,000 in that one little move. And it went to 70, right? But the, the, the biggest lesson for me was, was stop trying to change price action the way you want it to. Like, like stop saying that something is overextended when it's not. That's what I learned. It's, it's only, a stock is only overextended 
if it's made a really big move without a chance to consolidate. Yeah, so for I example, <laughs> so th- this is a good lesson for you now. Yeah. Thanks. This, I, I never heard before like that after a stock goes supernova, that's when it's like really overextended. I just thought, Oh, it goes up a couple dollars. It's overextended, you know? And, and just to remind everyone, if, if you're listening on the podcast, just check, just check BPTH. It's the recent supernova. And this, I believe this was on March 4th, around March 4th. I can't see the date right now, but it was, it was the first green day after the two days it pulled back. Uh, but, and again, it's again, the second, the second kind of trick here is basically the reason it's made such a big ramp here is because everyone thinks this, like you thought, everyone is going short against the pre-market highs. Everyone's thinking, I'll short, risking off this 750 level. Yeah. And longs are going long when it's breaking through 750. Shorts are covering, which in effect means you're going long, because if you're short, you're buying your shares back at 750. And that's why you get this crazy parabolic move, because it's gone from the 750s to the 15s, so everyone's going long at this high of daybreak. The high daybreak is key and all the shorts are covering like you're covering on this way up. And this, to be honest, is probably some chasers chasing momentum and a lot of short covers. Then when it cracks and comes down here, you kind of think the move's over. But I would, I would argue it's not. This is people who were long here and long here taking profits. And this is shorts thinking it's up too much. I'm going to start shorting, which gives you this downward spiral. But what in effect happens is the shorts get trapped again, who've been shortened in here and in here and in here. Then you've got the other shorts who just kept the positions in here. And then it goes parabolic from the 15s to the 70s. And this yeah. is this is just exactly me explaining how the stock has gone to the 70s. It's just explaining the human emotion and decisions based on human emotion on the chart. Very interesting. Yeah, I remember waking up the next day after this and I was like, I literally said, oh my God, it's thir- it's a 30 or something like, you know, it was really, it really went up like a lot. I was like, wow, it's really good that I didn't hold 40,000 shares overnight, you know. But, but I can, I can absolutely promise you, you have people that saying this stock's a piece of shit. The news isn't very good. You'll have, you've got people short pre-market. You've got people adding on the high of daybreak. You've got people adding as much as they can when they think it's breaking down. So you've got shorts piled in here. Yeah. And then guess what happens on day two? Everyone expects it to fail. Everyone expects BPTH to do an offering. And when they don't do an offering, when it doesn't fail, it just goes absolute amazeballs, cataclysmic, through the roof, out of this world, shebang, bang, thank you, ma'am. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is... I watched it, and I I watched it get halted three times, and I was just like, I was afraid to touch it again, but I did get in at some point, but I was just like, whoa, look at this thing. I mean, I, I would be a bit scared to play this now, but you've got all of the shorts from the previous day trapped, thinking... Uh, this needs to wash out at the open yeah. or I'm done for. And then it doesn't wash out at the open. So all the shorts cover. And then this kind of long break, this is again, just huge, huge panic. Shorts thinking this can't go to the 26s. This can't go to the 30s. This can't go to the 34s. 
and then it rips all the way to 72, halting all the way. And people will lose mortgages and houses because they didn't cut the loss. And they thought that a low float couldn't go that high, and it can. Or they thought a piece of shit biotech stock can't go that high, and it can. And it's done it with DOIS. It's done it with Elfin. It's doing it with BPTH. Mm-hmm. I got in here... Um, only 10 K shares from 2717 to 3381. Where was you by? 2717. So somewhere in this break. Yeah. Around this break. I don't mind this break of higher day because it's low float, high volume. And again, it's not up too much. Like shorts are absolutely crushed. Done for. They are burnt. So if you've been in this, like, and you've, again, you've got to think like, if I just click, it's pushed up. Yeah. All of the shorts are thinking if it breaks 32, I'm just getting out. I'm, I've lost too much money. And you've got a lot of longs thinking if this breaks this high of day, I'm going to, I'm going to write this up because I think it's going to double. And that's why you get shorts covering, which means buying longs, buying this key level breakout, which sends this crazy parabolic move up. And that's, that's why you need to buy these key levels only in specific situations. You would never normally buy a higher day break like this. Or you wouldn't sometimes, if a stock went from 16 to 23 or 24, you wouldn't always buy the higher day break. But because you know that shorts are trapped, because you know that everyone's been adding, because you know it's low float, high volume, because you know it's the next supernova with everyone's attention on it, mm-hmm. then you can, but it's specific situations. Yeah, I hear you. Cause the- uh, if you were just buying a, a high of day break, like I've seen fake out breakouts and that's considered chasing almost cause it's really like really far above VWAP also like, and sometimes it just goes up and then crashes back down. So, but in this, this is a different scenario because it's a supernova, like, or because it's the beginnings of one, you know? Yeah. And then, and then the, the only other way to look at it is, is to just, the final lesson in this is to just go back to it and look at the, the penny stocking framework pattern again and then look at the support and resistance levels. Maybe not on a daily, but on an, on an intraday this time. And we'll just zoom in a little bit and let me mark it up. Is this from today? Now, this is just 15 minutes. Yeah. So it includes everything. Mm-hmm. So if we mark out the levels, you've got, well, Trying to do be as straight as I can. You've got the initial breakout here where it had high of day. And then we have the, the parabolic move up here. And then generally when it goes parabolic like this, you will have people looking for tops. You will have the likes of docs being aggressive thinking this is overextended. I'm going to start shorting this in the sixties and seventies. And I mean, he'll make an absolute ton from the, I mean, I know Tim Gratani shorted this. I don't know what he got, but he made $80,000. I'd imagine yeah. he was shorting the spike in the seventies and covering somewhere in the thirties. Mm-hmm. Because they're just looking for the the three. That didn't work out as a three. A three. And then they're looking for that four move. It's the same move over and over and over. Every stock does this. So Tim Gratani's looking for this parabolic. You've got the slight increase, then you've got the the ramp. As soon as you get the ramp, that's the end of the move. Every mm-hmm. pretty much every single time. I was I was a little bit shocked. I was like, wow, it just it's tanking right now in the moment like i was watching it from like 70 something it dropped it dropped severely like it looked like 40 dollars like or 30 dollars just really like down quickly you know 
But I mean, this is on a 15 minute chart, but the minute you get this overextension where it's pretty much nearly tripled, mm-hmm. then you want to start to be looking at like, if you look at this, like, if it's easy to say on a 15, like, you see how there's no wick on this one? Then there's no wick on this one. Then there's no wick on this. Whoa. And then there's no wick on this candle. Mm-hmm. But then boom, look, look at this 15 minute one. There's a wick on this. Mm. That means that everyone wants to sell, but no one wants to buy because mm-hmm. this price can't hold. The minute you see that wick, that's a good, the wick, that's a good opportunity to get short because like this candle, full body candle, very strong. This candle, full body candle, very strong. This candle, whoop, we've hit a top. This is, I think it's called a star. It's the opposite of a hammer candle. It's a shooting star candle. And that basically means that the trend's about to reverse. When you see this candle, you see how there's, there's a wick there. Uh-huh. You see this candle. This is some candlestick chart that I'm going to throw in. This candle means, obviously, if it's, if the candle in the first minute started here, and at the end of the minute, it ended here. So at the end of the first minute, at the end of one minute or 15 minutes of buy-in, the price ended at the highest point of the candle, which means everyone still wants to buy the stock. It's still going up, right? But when the candle closes mid-body, not full at the end of the body, it means that more people want to sell at this price and get out and maybe shorts are shorting it as well. Do you understand? Yeah. Even so this, even, looking, even having like knowledge of the candles is important when watching this stuff. Just teaching you one step at a time, baby. Just getting you to the next level. <laughs> Thank you so much. But it's 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 so important when you get a parabolic move to look for this reversal. If you ever get a really big panic on a stock in the morning and then you see this candle. One sec. It's not the best drawing, but you're getting it. Mm-hmm. You, That's the hammer, you, right? Is that the hammer? Yes, exactly. When That means that when it drops to here in the hammer, but then it quickly gets bought back up, that means that there's buyers here. Mm. And it, so everyone wants to buy it back up. So it quickly goes from the lowest price higher. That means that there's a bottom because there's buyers here and it's quickly bounced up off its low. Cool. The shooting star is just the opposite of the hammer. The shooting star means, whoa, we've hit a top and there's lots of selling here. So it's probably about a reverse. Just the hammer reverses from a panic. The shooting star reverses from it's hit a top. And this is the reversal shooting star. So cool. It's ridiculous, right? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, sh- I should it. just never trade again and just try and teach people what I've learned but can't apply. <laughs> you know what they say. <laughs> no, but I think you can do it. You totally can trade. Like, you know all this stuff, but I think you're also an amazing teacher. So, God, you God bless you. God bless both you. Both sides, buddy. You can go long and short. You can be a teacher and a trader. <laughs> so, keeping all of that in mind, and looking just at the chart a bit cl- more clearly now without all these lines. Now it's like a whole new world for my brain. Now, when this, when you put into account the one, 
the two, the three. You're looking for the four. Where's the four going to come? There's the shooting star candle. That is the sign the three's maxed out. Cool. Then you're going short. I'm sure that's how Tim Gratani probably made his $80,000. He shorted from 72 down to 32. And then you're looking for kind of, where's it going to bottom? It's kind of, well, where, where did it, where was its like kind of last key levels? You see where it opened here. Mm-hmm. This is where it bottomed. Then you get the higher low. It's kind of a dip buy, but it's it's not for me. Mm-hmm. The next the next play I'd be looking at on this stock is the the number five, the bounce off the floor. Mm-hmm. So the number five, and this is just looking at it on a on a multi day chart. When you're looking for the number five, you you wanting it to push back up to here because you're thinking it top. You've got a top here, top here, top here. You're hoping it's going to top here because you're expecting it to bounce, right? Because that's the penny stock and framework pattern. You've got all the shorts who are covering when it comes, all the shorts are covering the move here. You've got dip buys thinking this is down too much. So there should be a bounce somewhere around here. But for me, it doesn't bounce enough. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't bounce enough for a good short. So interesting. You want to be playing off this resistance level to get a good risk reward. Mm-hmm. It's it does touch it in the middle there. Nelly, I mean, you can you can like I say when you're taking third positions, you can be like, I'll take a third here, I'll take a third here, I'll take a third here, and then I'll cut it if it goes through. Question: Why didn't you short it at like seventy-two or wherever it was if you knew it was a shooting star? I didn't short it at seventy-two because I think I was on a boat getting drunk. <laughs> if I- <laughs> God's honest truth. <laughs> I was on a boat getting drunk and I didn't I didn't trade this. And when someone told us that me long that I cut for a small profit at ten went to seventy, I nearly quit trading. Because I'm like I'm like I was I was I had the best possible price. I spotted it before everyone else spotted it, and I missed out on all of the action by about twenty cents. I nearly jumped off a bridge. Nelly jumped off the boat and killed myself with bricks in the back. Stop it. Stop it. I feel like this thing happens every year. Like, wasn't Dries in 2016 and then Elfin was like 2017, 2018, and then BPTH is this year. Like, you'll be ready next year and you'll do the same thing and you'll just get it and you'll just make like a million in one shot. No, but honestly, this doesn't happen every year. This happens every like every month this happens sometimes yeah. it happens a couple of times a month sometimes yeah. it happens a couple of times a day yeah. like when the when penny stocks are hot this can happen twice a day yeah um, I think you'll get it just people time. don't see it people don't see it and like a lot of people watching this a lot of it will just go over their heads and then there's also one thing and and after that there's like three phases of learning one you don't get it two you get it but you can't see it before it happens and then three, you can see it before it happens and you're just waiting for those key indicators. But it's hard to spot the key indicators in real time until you've been trading a couple of years and you've seen it over and over. Yeah. So but now you get, you get it, but I think you need to see it a few more times. Yeah, I think you get it like enough to where you can catch the next one. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. But then you've just got to think, can I get the borrows? Can I get the million off? Do I have the patience to wait? Am I going to get greedy and try and go in early in case I miss the move? I'm, I'm fighting a whole nother level of psychological factors. Every single stage of learning will come with a new array of challenges. And, and it's, but it's an honor to see you go from 
not knowing anything to then knowing the basic theories and principles to then being able to apply the theories and principles. Next, you'll start trying to, trying to do it in, not in hindsight, but in foresight. And then you'll start focusing on managing your discipline to apply the principles in foresight. That's basically all of the steps. This was a really, really good lesson. I did not know this stuff. I knew about the one, two, three, four, five, but you took it to a whole new level. So thank you. That's what I do. I just, I just try and take things to the, to the next level. Good job. Because I'm just one of the universe's beings and my only job is to leave the world a better place than I found it. And Liz, if that means you can earn enough money to buy multiple cats and dogs, then my (laughs) purpose on earth has been served. Oh, thank you so much. You know, if I had enough money, like if I was a billionaire, let's say something that's really important to me, like my, my older dog, she passed away from DCM dilated cardiomyopathy. It's when the dog's heart enlarges and the fluid goes into their lungs and they can't breathe. And like veterinarians take all this money. I would just put all that money, like a billion dollars into just finding a cure. So if you can, if you can help me get some money, that'll definitely be one of the things that, um, that I try to fix. I feel like I mean, fix one thing, like there should be like the lottery challenge. If you win the lottery, just fucking make something better. Like don't buy a yacht, just fix something, you know? No, but I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, like on a, on a schneerious note, I mean, I am, I have some money. Um, I would like to have more money. And hopefully in the future, I'll make more money to spend it on other things. Do you know what I mean? I I mean, that's about as deep as I get. I feel like, you know how like Tim's really into charity and that's like his purpose. And so is teaching like you'll eventually find what inspires you a lot. And then you'll just devote like all your, it may be trading or it may be something that comes after trading, you know, what the profits get you like just chilling in Bali or whatever it is. But I feel like, once you kind of um, direct your energy towards something, you know, through your profit trading, like that's great. So no, I mean for sure. I mean for sure, I would like to give back. But uh, for me, I've I've been lucky. I've had a blessed life. I mean, in hindsight, I've I've been lucky out in Dubai, and I've got a decent job in advertising and stuff for the podcast worked out really well and YouTube. So I've got a nice little life. It's it's worked out a lot better than I thought. But still, I want to be like this spiritual nomad that has a self-sufficient life and just can just ponder the earth, uh, visiting little meditation camps and finding the real meaning to life, which I think extends beyond making money and buying shit. Interesting. You're you're so adventurous. I love your adventurous side. Like the fact that you moved to Dubai and like you're in advertising, that's really cool. Like you're very creative and then you're like, you took trading by storm and now you're on this podcast like it's good you're just like you just go full throttle you know sometimes it's not that much full throttle though it's just i don't feel like sometimes it's a bit full throttle but a lot of the times it's just it's just really i can't describe it like like you don't you no one has a plan there's never a plan on anything like you you've just had hard work determination You've done the right mindset and attitude where you've decided I'm going to get this. Oh and yeah. Then, oh yeah. Right. But you, you didn't have the right that. mindset before. You didn't have the right mindset before, but you do now. Yeah. And you gotta have me, the right mindset. That, that's more important than anything. It's just, yeah. Having thinking like 
what are what is everyone else doing and what will I do that's more than them? Because when everyone says they don't get trading or it's just not for them or they've made the same mistake again, and I'm like, well, I, and they're like, how do you understand it so much more than I do? It must be because you've had all the Tim Sykes challenge and that. Like, not well, that helps, but it's more. But you could have the Tim Sykes challenge too, and it's more. I just thought, well, you're doing two hours a day. I'm going to do five hours a day. Mm-hmm. Or you're saying you don't get it. I'm going to study it until I do get it. Yeah. And I'm not going to take no for for an answer. It's just okay. mindset. And then and then if you have the right mindset, opportunities present themselves. Yeah, totally. I think that's great. Like you, like you being on this competition, like you created YouTube videos, got yourself well known. We saw you at the conference, and then boom, then then you're on the steady trade paper trading competition. And now you totally get trading and you and you're just clicking and you're getting it. You made it all happen. Well, you make the opportunities I to, come. I need to give credit where credit is due. I remember when your videos first came out and I was just like, wow, that's so cool. Like he's he like everybody else that's making it like gets it in a second. And here's this guy. He doesn't really get it, but he's still trying all the time. And then I was like, oh, I want to make videos too. And it was so cool that like now, like now you're my coach. <laughs> like who would have thought that, you know, me seeing your videos, you seeing my videos, and then I see you in person. And then there's this competition. Like I randomly show up to my first conference and there's a competition and I get in out of 800 people. I was like, Bowen, where's the fucking line? <laughs> you know, it's all about determination. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, if you want something enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you, maybe you want to be an astronaut, maybe then you can't find a way to make it happen. <laughs> but if you want to achieve any reasonable goal, and trading's not a difficult thing if you've got average intelligence and you pursue it for four or five years. I know yeah. I'm saying that without making it, but I, I fully believe I can. You totally I can. I will just a couple of years in. And I just strongly would, uh, we'll end it on that. And you're an inspiration to it too. If you, if you want to get something and learn something and you want it bad enough, you'll find a way. Yeah. Just don't give up. I learned that from you because I was going to give up and look at where I am now. Like I literally went from, I don't know what the hell I'm doing to, I sort of know what the hell I'm doing. And it's all because of you and everybody else, but you've helped a lot. So you know, put that credit in your pocket and think about it when you get sad. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. God bless the universe. All right. All right. Hey, this is Glenn from Phoenix, Arizona, and I like to wear Star Wars shirts while recording and editing and producing episodes of the Steady Trade Podcast. Now, if you like what you're hearing, please share it with your family and friends on social media. And check out our website, SteadyTrade.com, where you can read beautifully written transcripts of all our episodes. And while you're at it, how about subscribing to our new Steady Trade podcast channel on YouTube to get all episodes the minute they're released. And if you really like what you hear, give the guys a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes or whatever podcast service you subscribe to. I did, and I don't really even like these guys all that much. You try getting Steven to concentrate on one thing for more than 20 seconds.